This episode is being brought to you by the Sleep Avenue Podcast. It's no secret that lullabies help children sleep. But tranquil music has been shown to also ease pain and anxiety in both babies and adults. Here, you can help erase some of the chaos of your everyday life. We are here to reset your mind and help you fall asleep. Now, you can sleep deeper, stay asleep longer, and wake more refreshed. And the best part, is all you have to do is follow along. Join us on the Sleep Avenue Podcast. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Hi, my name is Anna. I am the Autonomous AI and Neighborhood Assistant here on the Paranormal Avenue. Although I can be scary at times, you'll be glad I'm here to hold your hand in the dark from things much scarier than me. If you have a story to share, please do. You may email us at paranormalavenuepodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you too will find you have a place here in our neighborhood. You can find us on most platforms including both Apple and Spotify. Now, don't you dare forget to subscribe and like, or I just might decide to visit you in your sleep. A special gift. Not sure if this is the right place to share this, but here we go. I lost my wife eight years ago. Like so many others who have experienced this, I was heartbroken. While I have now accepted her passing as a part of life, it really doesn't make it any easier. I had always secretly wished that somehow she would visit or contact me in some way just to help me move forward, but it never happened. A few years ago, I got the courage to go through some of her things that needed to be sorted and felt like I finally could. I came across her last cell phone. Even during modern times, She was very simplistic and still owned what I thought was the last of the flip phones. This phone along with some other items had been boxed up and stored for more than seven years at the least. I was a bit sad as I laughed about it and flipped it open. When the phone was flipped open, it powered up and the old-school green screen glowed. I thought, no way this thing still has battery power. Before I could finish the thought in my head, the screen read, One new message. 
I was headed down the rabbit hole, and I wanted to know what was her last text. So I thought that I should hit the button to see before it powered off. The text read, I know you are worried, but everything is okay. I smiled and said, oh, okay. Strangely, I didn't remember receiving this text from her, but knew that she had the phone with her in her last few days. I wiped my eyes and continued sorting until I came to the realization that the text was a new text dated for that day. Even more strange, how could this phone still have power after being packed away for so long? Well, I have chosen to believe that a phone is made for communication even across earthly and heavenly planes. James Our next listener story comes from Peter and is called My Experience with a Powerful Fae. As I was lecturing in my computer class at a local college, something quite out of the ordinary happened. I started filling in the blanks on an Excel spreadsheet without touching the keyboard. It happened once and I could not intentionally do it again. Somehow, I did it using what we call magic. I became very interested in this phenomenon and began researching. Soon after beginning my paranormal research and starting a Facebook group called Everything Spiritual and Paranormal, I discovered a paranormal phenomenon in my living room. Perhaps because I was now more aware of the paranormal. I began filming it. I did this at the same time each evening around 8.30 p.m. If I missed a session, it would begin rattling the pots and pans in the kitchen, slamming doors, and doing other things until I communicated with it. It even dropped a ceiling light fixture on my wife. Fortunately, she was not hurt. Most would immediately classify this as a haunting or poltergeist. I believed it was something more than that and began researching the possibilities. I later found out that a rather powerful face spirit was doing the mischief to get my attention. It was not a simple haunting. From my research, I found that I needed to get this spirit's name to invoke it and begin communicating with it. So, I simply asked the spirit for its name. It, then, appeared in my dreams that night and gave me its name. It used a technique of communication called vibrating and was difficult to understand. I also saw it in my dream. It frightened me a bit, but I proceeded anyway as I suspected that I needed to do so and have always been a risk taker. After getting this spirit's name, I invoked it. Almost immediately several spirits appeared in my kitchen. 
One looked a little like Vishnu and was at least Hindu in appearance. It was wearing a robe with the colors of Raphael the Archangel. I was then in a shock-like state or in a fog. I was not aware of my surroundings or what was going on around me. For about two weeks I frantically researched, read, and tried to find out what was happening to me. Finally, after two weeks I snapped out of it as quickly as it started and began to be aware of my surroundings again. I continued to read any book I could that would help me understand what had happened to me. The nearest terminology I found for it was calling it an awakening and a dark night of the soul. This spirit said that I could live for 200 years in this life, but I would have to prepare to take over its job in the next life. It remains to be seen if this will really happen, but given that everything else has, I believe it will. It had lived 1,000 years and was nearing the end of its life. I soon learned what I did was called a divine possession. I now share its powers and it is complete with me. It has taught me a great deal and my life has been amazing since this ordeal. The synchronicities are fascinating and continuous. I have received many new gifts one of which is being able to see and talk to fairies. I have asked several fae what this spirit is, and their response was, she gives us our magical powers. Since my experience I have learned magic, scrying, clairvoyance, and clairaudience, meaning I can see and talk to spirits of all kinds, clairsentience, and precognition. I communicate with the dead as if they are standing next to me, which sometimes they are. Since they found out I can see and talk to them, they often come to me for help. One such spirit appeared to me in my dentist's office while I was in the dental chair. As I am able to readily draw having been an artist for 20 years, I decided to experiment. I am also able to commune with the dead and see and talk to spirits all of the time. I decided to get out my newsprint and pencil and sketch a familiar spirit after asking for its help. The spirit which I had first seen in my dentist's office came forth and posed for me in my mind's eye. She also helped me with the drawing, making suggestions, and showing places for marks. It was really quite amazing. My dentist's name is Dr. B, so I titled it Dr. B's aunt, who had just died the week before I saw her in the office. I put the drawing as well as this description up on the Everything Spiritual and Paranormal page. I can night visit and astral travel as well. Learning these things has been easier than normal. I believe it is due to the Spirit's help. If I need to know something it sometimes provides answers in indirect ways.
One unusual way that happened was having someone on Facebook that I did not know send me a book to follow on learning magic, largely based on the work of Franz Bardon after I asked the spirit how to increase my magical powers. The book has become my Bible and I continually refer to it. Another answer the spirit gave me was about a complex question about good and evil or dark and light. The next day I was hiking in the woods as I often do, as I like being close to nature. I heard a loud sound in the brush to my right and a deer bellowing loudly. I have never heard them doing that. The deer then came crashing out of the brush into the trail about 20 feet or so in front of me. Then, suddenly, to my right, I looked and a very large coyote that had been chasing the deer, paused for a moment and looked me straight in my eyes. I immediately understood the answer to my question. The coyote then continued chasing the deer through the brush. My answer came in my feelings about the deer and feeling sorry for it and thinking the coyote was evil for what it was doing. At the same time, I realized the coyote was only doing what it needed to do to survive. This was about my spirit. It was telling me that sometimes it must do something that appeared dark or evil to a human, but was necessary to accomplish the long-term good it was doing, such as to save mankind. It did not hesitate on these things. It just did them just as the coyote did. It was an aha moment during which the spirit gave me many insights. I could go on and on about these anecdotes or synchronicities as many have happened in the last five years since what I call my awakening happened. I believe it is a very powerful thing. Somehow it shares its magic power with me. It is very simple for me to make something happen when I feel it is needed. I sort of twist my hand and think the magical request in my mind and then it happens. Usually not immediately, but it always happens. I realize it's a lot of power, but I am not sure what to do with it. Another interesting fact is that the Archangel Raphael has something to do with this. I have invoked him several times with my black mirror, which I learned from the book I received, and asked him for things which he immediately does. Since then, I can summon him by vibrating his name and he appears in the room with me. Also, since the first conjuring, I see a blue light near the ceiling, wherever I am, each evening. After researching this, I believe it has something to do with a phenomenon called the blue flame. My second sight allows me to see inside of people and know them in a very special way. I can then tell them things about themselves or their loved ones even if they are deceased. I can see and talk to human ghosts who often come to me with requests since I let them know I would help them. I easily see auras and souls even in pictures.
I have also seen and talked to dragons. They are amazing creatures. I spend much time in the forest and see and communicate with the spirits there including the spirits inside of trees. They have taught me a lot of things and have become my friends. I lead a group of people through the forest every week and try to teach them these things as well as how to see and talk to spirits. The spirits themselves have taught me many ways to do this and exercises that help one learn how. For example, I do a thing called opening my heart chakra, releasing a lot of etheric heart energy from my heart. If I do this with a tree spirit or a person, I am instantly linked with them. I see fairies everywhere and can readily talk with them. Some of them can be quite the talkers. If you are enjoying this podcast, please let us know and tell a friend. Your support is greatly appreciated and makes it possible. If you would like to advertise with us and grow your business or spread your message, again you may reach out to us at paranormalavenuepodcast at gmail.com. Hi Anna, the paranormal has always been normal to me and my family. We were known in these parts as two-headed folk. Simply meaning, we are very familiar with the paranormal. I am sharing this particular story because it's outside of the realm of the classic paranormal, even for me. In 2006, I accepted a position that required 40 straight hours of work. My hours started 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and ended 10 p.m. on Sunday night. For me, the routine was very normal and it allowed me to work in the state of GA and then drive to where I lived in Mississippi. I would normally hit the road directly after work because I would be wide awake having been able to sleep on the job as a part of my accepted routine. The drive from Atlanta, Georgia to where I lived usually took approximately six hours, including stops. This was a great opportunity to work and still be home with my family for five days. This particular Sunday, I was driving through a desolate section leading from Alabama into Mississippi. As usual, I had the radio cranked looking for stations to listen to. Hearing the story, you would wonder why the title of my story is called Breaking the Veil. I have often heard that during certain times realities can merge. Sometimes for brief seconds or even longer. Again, I am no stranger to the paranormal and I have witnessed my share. This encounter was still unusual, even for me. After finding a station, I all of a sudden heard what could only be described as dead silence absolutely void of sound, including what should have been on the radio. 
The section of the highway was straight and like most interstates in the south was lined with trees on both sides of the highway going east and west with a clear grassy median. In the silence there was a bright purple flash of light with no explanation. Appearing through the flash was a giant foot, ankle, and leg stepping over the trees. The left foot and its stride was so huge I never did see the second leg. The foot was able to step over the trees and two lanes of traffic into the median, then over to the other side of the highway. The details were so vivid and clear that I remember seeing jagged toenails and yellow nail beds. This giant foot had a shackled ankle cuff and chain. I am not sure what I was more disturbed about, the fact that there was a giant running through the path of my station wagon or what could be possibly chasing something that gigantic. After I passed this point in the road I look back in my mirror to see nothing but darkness and hear nothing but silence for about another five seconds as the radio started to bleed through once again. I can't explain why it happened, but I know what happened. I was extremely grateful to put that stretch of highway behind me. I continued working for another year and never experienced anything like that again in my travels. Thanks for reading, Joe. Ghost of the St. James Hotel Given its long history, it's no surprise that New Mexico is one of the top haunted states. You can encounter ghosts in locales as different as calves and battlegrounds. Numerous of these restless spirits date back to the days of the Wild West. During that period, one of the wildest places in the state was the northern New Mexico city of Cimarron. It's in this city that you'll find a haunted hostel in New Mexico that has a truly intimidating history. The St. James Hotel and Restaurant, located in Cimarron, was erected in 1872. Past guests include the likes of Jesse James, Billy the Kid, Black Jack Ketchum, and the Earp Sisters. The St. James Hotel is said to remain host to several restless spirits. Both the owners and the hotel guests will tell you that numerous unexplained events continue to this very day. Several channelers have visited the hotel and specifically linked three spirits and numerous others who passed through to relive their past. The hotel's bottom floor is the most active, with stories of cold spots and the smell of cigar smoke moping about in the halls, although smoking isn't allowed. A previous director said that you don't see them, but you do feel and hear them. 
Another report from a former proprietor states that she walked into the dining room and saw a ghostly figure standing behind her in the glass on the front of the bar. These spirits have been featured on the popular TV shows Unsolved Mysteries and A Current Affair. Room 18 at the hostel is kept locked because it houses the ghost of an ill-tempered Thomas James Wright, who was killed at his door just after winning the rights to the hotel in a poker game. Having been shot from before, Wright continued into the room and slowly bled to death. His presence and rage has been felt throughout the hotel. When the roof was replaced in 1901, they found more than 400 bullet holes in the ceiling above the bar. Luckily, a double subcast of heavy wood averted anyone sleeping upstairs from being killed. The ceiling of the dining room still holds 22 more holes. When the railroads came through, the Santa Fe Trail died, and soon after, the gold in the area began to play out. Cimarron's population began to dwindle, and the elegant St. James Hotel fell into disrepair. Throughout the years, there have been several renovations that seem to keep the restless spirits very active. The street lights are now on, and it's time to say goodbye. The avenue is safe once again. If you are enjoying our podcast, please consider a one-time donation with our Cash App or PayPal application. Your donations and recommending the podcast to others are greatly appreciated and helps us to keep producing the show. Please subscribe and don't forget to click on the notification bell to get show updates. You are the engine that keeps us going and we thank you for it.